Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for October 21, 2011. And here is what's happening in the automotive industry. Car dealers in the United States market have had it up to here with car companies telling them how to improve their dealerships. Steve Wade, the chairman of the National Automotive Dealers Association, complains that in some cases, automakers have argued with dealers that the blue that they used to paint their dealership with was not blue enough or that the tiles on the floor should be bigger. So the NADA is commissioning a study to see if these OEM mandates ever really translate into more sales or higher profits for dealers. And here's my AutoLine insight. I find it amazing that the people at the car companies who have never retailed a car in their careers are always trying to tell dealers how to run their business. Remember, none of the top executives at any of the car companies these days have come up through the sales side of the business. New fuel economy standards proposed by the Obama administration earlier this year are under attack. According to the Detroit News, more than 60 Republicans and three Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives are proposing that the EPA and California be prohibited from enacting new fuel rules that would mandate a 54.5 mile per gallon standard by 2025. Under the proposal, NHTSA would set fuel standards, but only through 2021. The representatives argue that the new rules would increase the price of cars and regulate out of existence all new vehicles that cost less than $15,000 today. Earlier this year, GM showed a plug-in hybrid concept at the Shanghai Auto Show called the Buick Envision. Now the China Car Times reports that the SUV will be built in China starting next March, but it's not known if it will be sold as a plug-in. Chinese media speculates that it'll be powered by a 1.6 liter or a 2 liter turbo. And you know, we gotta wonder that if GM's going to introduce this car in China, will it bring it to the US as well? Audi and Peugeot have a bit of a rivalry going on. Maybe it's the Germans and the French not getting along, but the two have been going after each other at Le Mans for the last few years with diesel-powered race cars. Now, Peugeot is upping the ante. It's testing a hybrid version of its 908, which is kind of a strange reversal. Usually, advancements learned in racing trickle down to production vehicles. But in this case, it's going from the showroom floor to the track. So far, the 908 Hybrid 4 has only been race tested for about 300 kilometers, but its electrified drivetrain worked exactly as expected. And we gotta wonder, is this gonna give Peugeot an advantage over Audi? We're gonna have to wait to find out. With all the uncertainty in the world, it's no secret that people are keeping their cars longer. As we've reported, the average vehicle in the U.S. is more than 10 and a half years old, and that is downright geriatric. This has been bad news for dealers, automakers, and suppliers, but it's great news for repair shops and parts makers. 
The Wall Street Journal reports Monroe Muffler and Brake, that's Monroe without an E on the end, just posted record sales and profits. The Rochester, New York-based repair outfits income rose 14% compared to last year. Coming up next, we're going to take an insider's look at what was going on behind the scenes when the American auto industry collapsed. What if we always settled for the first thing that came along? Then we'd never have gotten here. Introducing the Sonata Hybrid from Hyundai. Bill Vlasic is the Detroit bureau chief for the New York Times. He's just come out with a book called Once Upon a Car, which captures the behind-the-scenes drama of what was going on at the Big Three as they stared bankruptcy in the face. In the following clip, he talks about the different tack the Ford Motor Company took thanks to their new CEO, who had just arrived on the scene. Alan Mulally's arrival at Ford really um, changed the course of that company's... Uh, he really comes off as a hero in your book. And, and I think anybody who has met him, and, and you, you say this throughout the book too, they just say he's one of the most extraordinary individuals that they've ever met in their lives. And he's an outsider, and he had been 37 years with the same company, uh, Boeing, and very, very successful, by the way. Um, but this idea that an outsider in Detroit uh, was out of his element, couldn't understand it, couldn't fathom it, uh, would be lost in it, that turned out to be his biggest advantage. It really did. And uh, I, the term outsider is a little um, misleading because as an outsider of Bob Lutz, when he leaves Chrysler and goes to GM, he's an outsider. Or does it mean that you can only be from Detroit? I think that's been proven wrong. Um, at least in Mulally's case. At least in Mulally's case. I, personally, I thought that Alan Mulally was going to get chewed up and spit out by this industry. Boy, did he prove me wrong. But when you look at the so-called other outsiders that came in, Bob Nardelli at Chrysler, uh, Smale at General Motors, or a number of others uh, in, throughout the course of history, did get chewed up and spit out. And he did have the support of the, of the Ford family and the Ford Board of Directors, and most importantly of Bill Ford Jr., who had been the CEO and was still the chairman. Um, I think the experience at Ford has shown about, a lot about teamwork at the corporate level and what it takes. Um, everybody has to know their role. That's a favorite saying of Alan Mulally. If you look at General Motors versus Ford and how they developed over the years, um, in this case, the, the Ford uh, family, and uh, its board of directors, which was a very long time um, entrenched group, made a call that they would take a chance on someone as different as Mulally because what they liked about him was he was different and he did see things differently. And the old ways had gotten Ford, GM, and Chrysler basically to the precipice of disaster. And maybe you could say they actually went over the cliff. I don't know. All I know is my one of the themes of my book is the... The, the crisis of 08 is when the big three kind of broke apart and Ford went in one direction. GM Chrysler had to go in another direction to survive. You can catch that entire interview with Bill Vlasic, and it is a good one, on our website right now at Autoline.tv. And check out your local TV listings since Autoline is now available on a lot of public television stations across the country. Okay, now that you've had your daily fill of the most important news, make sure you tune in for all the car news you don't need to know about on Roundabout. 
This week's guest is the father of the Miata and professional Jim Hall impersonator. And we're talking about Bob Hall. And for you video game fans, Bob will have his review of Forza 4. Get that and a whole lot more at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Autoline.tv. And that wraps up all our reporting for this week. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.